Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Tenacious D, Flight of the Concords, The Lonely Island. We have plenty of examples of goofy guys getting together and making mirthy music. So where do the Wolves of Glendale fit in? Eric Jackowitz and Ethan Enberg both came out of South Florida rock bands, and after performing for the Todd Glass podcast, formed a comedy band called The Cooties, who were new faces at Montreal's Just for Laughs in 2017, and performed on Conan before fizzling out. Eric and Ethan rebounded, and then added Tom McGovern, a former dueling piano player from New York City, who performed on the 2021 season finale of American Idol. The trio formed Wolves of Glendale, who already have featured in the 2022 Netflix is a Joke, the festival. They met up with me before a gig at El Cid in Los Angeles to talk about where they've been and where they're heading next. If you like this conversation, please consider subscribing to my Substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com so you can read bonus commentary on this episode as well as more comedy news and insights. Thanks in advance. And now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. So as the music fades out, it's time to once again reintroduce the Wolves of Glendale. Hello, Sean. Ethan, Eric, and Tom. Yes. Hello. So you guys just formed early in 2022, right? Yes. In March. That's correct, in March. I think we're doing a two here, two here. Oh, I see. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. So what is the thing that binds you all together? Is it is it Todd Glass? No, I wish. I wish. Because uh, I thought I, like Todd Glass is the origin story for all of this. I will say, when Eric and I first moved to L.A., we, we played on Todd Glass's podcast a few times, and that was a wild time. Really fun. He was sort of our bridge into comedy from straightforward music, yeah. at least for mine and Ethan. Like, we had always done comedy, but he was the first like real professional that lent out a hand and was like come on my podcast you guys are cool yeah and we were his house band and he was like you guys are funny we're like wow really we can be funny too right right because i remember seeing him in montreal with the band and mm-hmm. all over the place in doing a special with the band yeah that's so how great so how did it go from just like being on a podcast to like going on tour with him we did not tour with him i don't know who's telling you this <laughs> uh they are under but they arrest should be fired and locked up Oh, is that all part of that uh, long-running uh, Twitter con that people were saying that Todd Glass was either on tour or doing a special, and then he would reply, no, I'm not on tour, I'm not doing a special? I don't know. I know about this. Not on Twitter. Oh, sounds intriguing. Yeah, it sounds crazy. We have never been on tour with Todd Glass, but we have done shows with him. Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> the record has been set. It's all the time we have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. So, well, let's get to the heart of it then. Okay, so... Ethan and Eric, you two knew each other how? Since we were younger in South Florida. We sort of grew up together playing, like, different battles of the bands and stuff. I was in a band. Eric was in a band. So we, like, knew of each other. But then we became friends at Berkeley. We were the only... Well, he was the only person that I knew there. Berkeley School of Music in Boston? Yes. Or right. The dumb Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah. The dumb Berkeley. Berkeley. Okay. The same Berkeley College of Music or School of Music that uh, gave us Eric Andre? Correct. Yes, that's true. And from South Florida as well. Yes. 
Right. So, yeah. okay. So what kind of music were you playing back then? Rock. Rock and roll, muse. Uh, <laughs> fucking rock and roll. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard rock. And then we, I moved out to L.A. I was begging Eric to move out to L.A. Finally, he did come because we were just on the phone all the time. And I was like, this is annoying. I want to talk mm-hmm. to you in person and let's hang out in person. And then he finally did move out to L.A. We made a comedy band. And then that fizzled out. And then at the same time that we stopped that band, Tom moved to Los Angeles. And okay. we said, who's this guy? He's good looking. Right. And then he's like, no, I play music too. And we're like, and we're like take your shirt off. Yeah, said, Let me see you shirtless. But yeah. wait, but wait, you skipped that Todd Glass step where sure. for some reason you guys aren't doing comedy yet, but you're on his podcast. Yes, yes. we had a friend, a mutual friend, Keith Blomberg, that was his producer that now works for the World Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation. Oh, okay. Uh, and is it WWF? It's WWE now. WWE, that's right. World Wildlife Fund. Fund. Right, exactly, yes. Um, They were the only people to have power over Vince McMahon. Yes. We met him at a comedy show or something. We had a a podcast that he he enjoyed. What was that that podcast? It was called Species Elite. But now it's called Success Express. You can find it anywhere. You get podcasts. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, he, he was producing the Todd Glass show, right. and he said, hey, you guys are funny, you guys are musical. He's looking for a band, mm-hmm. and so we became his house band. Right. Wait, so going on the podcast was, in essence, an audition? Uh, sort of, yeah, maybe. He was trying to us kind out. To suss you out to see. Yeah, can you guys hang? Yeah. And then, yeah. So then, So then how many of you were in that band? That was just Eric and I. Okay. And it wasn't really even a band. We were just kind of fucking around. Yeah, we were just his, like, uh, Paul Schaefer, okay. you know. On the side. So then... And then he would randomly hire me to, like, play drums at parties that he would throw for, like, $100. What was the best gig you did with Todd? And what was the worst gig you Sean did? Sean loves Todd. I'm learning. <laughs> no, and I get it. And I get it. <laughs> well, I mean, the uh, Wolves of Glendale are, are a comedy band. It's so true. So we need to establish... Right. The roots. How this happened. I like this origin story work he's doing. I would yeah, say, though, funny. if we are honing in on somebody... Well, I don't know. For the Wolves, I don't even know who that would be. I mean, we haven't we're, even we're so the fresh yet. Bro, he's going deep. This guy's so, deep as fuck. This <laughs> so guy they, was New York Times level deep. Whoa. So we got to go with him. So the two of you are, are doing some gigs, not touring. No, no, no. no. But, you, but you are doing no. gigs with Todd. So, what's, right. so what was the best gig and what was the worst gig? The funniest gig was he hired me to play drums for a group of people that had done ecstasy in the woods uh, the night before. And he thought it would be fun to have a drummer and a DJ come. In and, the woods? No, at a at a big uh, Venice sort of mansion situation. Okay. And I just show up with my drums. I'm like young, and uh, you know I don't know what the hell's going on. And I am met with just the most burnt out. Because after you do ecstasy, you're just like I, I want to go to sleep. I feel like garbage. Mm-hmm. It's like an ice cream scoop is taken out of your brain. And so. <laughs> I'm sitting there with loud drums, and Todd's yeah. going, louder, louder, louder. And everyone's like, no, stop. And just, it was so, Your backbeat was... isn't making everybody want to hug? No. Yeah. I will say there was another time early on, maybe our one of our first times doing the podcast, where Andy Kindler was mm. the guest, mm-hmm. and we probably had a drink or two or a smoke yeah. or two, and Kindler was just basically berating Todd for like an hour and a half, two hours straight, and I just remember the two of us were like crying the entire time, just laughing so so hard yeah todd definitely gave us like access to a lot of really really funny people yeah like i remember jamie kennedy came once he was amazing uh andy kenner tom tom martin who became our like 
Comedy Best Dad. Bud, Comedy Dad, yeah. and a uh, bunch of people. So at what point do you start writing funny lyrics? So Eric and Instead I... Instead of just straight rock. Eric and I were living together, mm-hmm. and we determined that our ideal job right now would be to work for Colbert. We were like, for some reason, he's the best, he's the man, and... We would often um, ponder, who's on Mount Rushmore of comedy? That was right. like our big conversation. Talk about that all the time. All the time. And sometimes we would sub people out, and it was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, had to keep, you had to keep each other apprised, too. Who yes. was on your Mount Rushmore today? Yes. Uh, and that's what it was like living the with one, us. The one that never changed, it was both in common for us, was Colbert. And we were like, you know what we should do? We should give ourselves an assignment, yeah. is if we were hired by Colbert... Mm-hmm. What would we bring to the table? Right. Was this before or after he got the CBS job? This is right after right he got okay. it. He yes. just got in. We were like, man, it would be so great to work for that show. What would we do on that show? And okay. what we would do is write a funny song about mm-hmm. something topical, which at that time was that Trump had just announced he was going to run for office. Mm-hmm. That so is we, topical and funny. Yes. yes. So we wrote a song. And if you listen to the, you go back and listen to the song, the whole joke is that what a terrible president he would be, mm-hmm. you know, which, of course, then became very not funny right. once that whole went down. But anyway, so that's what we did. We wrote a funny song okay. about that thing as like, this is what we can bring to the table. And were you guys called the Cooties at that point or no? No, it was just Eric and Ethan, basically. Right. Okay. And then our buddy Jacob saw that video and who was also a friend of ours from back South in the Florida. day, South Florida. And he said, I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's write something funny for a show specifically. Yeah, for a show that he was playing. Okay, um, but that he was just—he's a singer-songwriter in his own right, uh, serious songs. And then he was like, "I don't want to do a serious song. I want let's write a song today." And we did, and it was called Mitzvahversary, about the anniversary of a mitzvah that you did. We wrote it in one day and performed it that night. And that night, because we were professional musicians, people had assumed we were—we have been in a comedy band for like ten years, and so then. The Cooties were born. Yes. Now, did you look at other uh, comparable bands for either inspiration or competition? I mean, well, I think we were just always fans since we were little. Like, we had been obsessed. Yeah. You know, with Tenacious D, Flight of the Concords, Only Island, Weird Out. Yeah, we've always been comedy music dorks. Yeah. Okay. Big time. So, Tom, what, what are you doing at this point in your life? It's a great question. Working <laughs> out. <laughs> Getting ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Eating broccoli and cans of tuna. <laughs> water, 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 water. At this point, I'm living in New York City. What, this must have been 2017. Yeah. Uh, 2014. 2015. I moved here in 15. Okay. 2015. So 15, I was touring with a musical called Once the Musical. At the time, I, I had a theater degree from Temple University, and so I graduated. I you think, still do have a degree from? I still do. Believe it or not, from you. I couldn't shag that off, uh, but I still do have that. And I thought I was going to be doing theater. And so I moved to New York City after this tour, and I'm, a- I'm auditioning for theater gigs. I'm not booking anything because, frankly, I'm not very good at musical theater. Hey, that's my friend you're talking that's about. That's my friend. I, it's, it's just not, it's not, in retrospect, it's just never, it was never meant for me. And so because I was auditioning, my first six months in New York, I was auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. I booked nothing. I was feeling super creatively dry. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to make a, a funny video for Facebook when Facebook was still, like, that was, like, where you posted funny stuff to show your friends at the time. I was like, I'll, I'll make something. And so I made a parody of a Bachelorette audition tape. And it was received well by my friends. And so I was like, you know what? I had a lot of fun doing this. I feel, like, creatively stimulated in a way that I haven't in almost a year since I moved here. I'm going to keep making funny videos. 
And then that naturally led to me finding musical comedy because I had worked in Philadelphia and New York as a dueling piano player playing cover gigs for, for years and years. And that's what I did my entire time in New York City. And so I'd grown up playing in cover bands, a lot like uh, Eric and Ethan, yes. buddies of mine from Jersey. And so music and comedy felt like a natural crossroads, especially because I'd always been a fan of Tenacious D and Flight of the Concords, Lonely Island, much like Ethan and Eric. And so I started making these short-form musical comedy videos. One of my songs in the pandemic, which was hilariously kind of also a short-form political song about wearing masks and how you should just shut up and put your mask on, went kind of viral and someone had tagged that song and a cooties song in a story on instagram i had no idea who the cooties were as soon as i found the cooties i said holy shit this is the band that i've been looking for i cold dm'd ethan and eric at the time and i was like hey i am thinking maybe within the next year of moving to la if i'm there i would love to grab a coffee or write a song or whatever i'm a big fan of what you guys are doing because truly it was like it's rare that you see a band nowadays a musical comedy band that prioritizes musicality and comedy. And the Go cooties. on. <laughs> the cooties are doing that. They were playing sick <laughs> tunes, and they were so funny. Tight harmonies, riffs. I was just like, thank God that a band like this exists. And then I moved to L.A., and I told uh, I told a friend of mine, I said, the only thing that I want to do when I get to L.A. is find a band like the cooties to play with. And then fast forward to... Okay, no, oh, stop. Oh, so stop me. I love this. Stop. stop me. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> okay, great. Our sponsor Dance. is <laughs> Team Coco. <laughs> Team Coco, part of Warner Brothers <laughs> Discovery. <laughs> so the cooties are not just the two of you. How many people were in the cooties? Three. Three. Ball. Okay. So how do you go from completely unknown trio... To playing on Conan? Um, that um, happened because, um, well, we actually very fortuitous that we're at El Cid right now in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. So after that gig that we did for Mitzvahversary, mm-hmm. we had started playing shows around town. And then eventually Reggie Watts moves to town from New York. He got the, the late night gig with Corden. Right. And he was doing a residency here. Corden was not on your Mount Rushmore. No. But he's very funny. I didn't even know who he was when it's I was okay. making he's in my the Mount news Rushmore. Today, as we speak, I don't know if you know, he just got he got eighty six from Balthazar, the New York restaurant. Oh, really? I love oh, Balthazar for being a great. bad customer. Oh no! Yow, yowza! Yeah. Sorry, yowza! I mean, we'll have to cut that for post. But sure, because it won't be topical. Yeah, no more eggs and soldiers <laughs> for you at the boulangerie <laughs> at Balthazar. <laughs> Um, Prince, yeah, Prince but, Street, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, Reggie Watts. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Watts comes out to LA. To, yes, to uh, be the band leader for. And we're obviously James obsessed Gordon. with him yes. at the time. Yep. And he's doing Tuesday nights at El Cid. Okay. Uh, every Tuesday, Ethan DMs the Booker, and we had been gaining a reputation around town where we can bring fifty people. The guy was like, "You have to bring fifty people in order to be even considered to come." And so we say we can bring 50 people. We do. Reggie watches our set, becomes a little bit of a comedy dad, a little comedy hero, starts throwing us little opportunities. Then we start opening up for him at the Terragram Ballroom, which is like we've only been doing comedy for, I don't know, six months. And now we're opening up for him for 1,000 people or something. So from there, we get signed to some managers, some hotshot Hollywood managers. And then pretty shortly after that, we get the Conando. 
We made a video uh, for one of our songs called Maybe That's God, which is like a fake country song, fake right. religious country song. And then that got, because we put it on YouTube, and our manager sent that to J.P. Buck. Shout out J.P. Buck. Uh, He's a comedy booker. Comedy booker, Conan, who yeah. liked it enough to give us the huge honor of our lives to play Conan. Because he was on our Mount Rushmore also. That yeah, was J. an un- Buck. J.P. Buck. <laughs> <laughs> An, on a satellite mountain <laughs> next door yeah. uh, that was carved with dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Conan obviously was the ba- the unflinching member of that of Mount Rushmore. And, so uh, what, is, yeah. what, is, what does performing on Conan do for a, an up-and-coming band? Well, in our case, not much because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just feels nice. It just feels like... It's more symbolic at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't yeah. have records to sell, right? Correct. We didn't have records to sell. Correct. We didn't have anything to show for it. You didn't and have tour dates to plug. No, no. no. It, they was just they were just putting us on because they liked us and mm-hmm. you know th- gave us a really great opportunity. Yeah. And it was awesome. And yeah. Let's just say the cooties didn't end by accident. It was not a functional machine in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. We did not take advantage of such an opportunity as we should have. Which we will do moving forward with these wolves. We are ready to go. So, so how do cooties beget wolves? So, Tom, we we're now we've we fast we've slow forwarded. Yes. Yeah. To Tom has moved to L.A. He's mm-hmm. DM'd you. He said yes. I was hanging out with Tom. We got along so scarily well, mm-hmm. and we're writing stuff together. And I could just tell like this is a special dude. And then. Completely unrelated, like I said, we were ending our group, not planning to do another group at all. And then, like, I, we, we were hanging out, and I was like, let's just, for fun, for just shits, let's get Eric in here, and let's just jam, and let's see what happens. And then that jam, we wrote a song called Vaping in Vegas, which if you stick around, you'll hear this evening. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, this is kind of fun as hell. We should probably make this like official and like rehearse and get together and see what happens i was so nervous that day too i was like sincerely like bugging out i was like oh my god eric and ethan are like we're jamming for the first time because this is like i'm basically jamming with the cooties and i was i was a fucking fan of the cooties so yeah tom wanted the cooties yeah yeah i wanted wanted the cooties he got them i got them you got got them baby all over (laughs) yeah yeah so then how do you decide upon wolves of glendale the name yeah we wanted some kind of badass. Eric is very good at this stuff. He he has a weird sixth sense with, I don't know what, branding, design stuff, logos. And we wanted something that kind of sounded like Queens of the Stone Age or something like really cool. We just wanted something that sounded cool but was actually somewhat lame because that's kind of like our songs. Like, they sound cool, you're kind of into it, but then if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's like these guys are dumb as rocks. Mm-hmm. And so... We were going back and forth on names, and Eric struck gold. He said, Wolves of Glendale, and we were all like, that's great. That's funny, and it sounds cool. What the fuck? Sounds badass is stupid. Right. Do any of you live in Glendale? Yes. Two out of the three of us. Asterisk, when Eric moved to L.A., we lived in Glendale. I'm I'm OG. OG Glendale. Okay. Yeah. So we all have roots here. And by here, I mean Glendale. So you start up in the spring of 2022... Were you able to use any of the back 
history of the Cooties to start booking gigs immediately? Or Yeah, pretty much we know a lot of people in L.A. specifically mm-hmm. that we're able to, you know, give us a shot, give us a shot. And they're like, yeah, no problem. You got a new band? Let's fucking hear it. Um, and so that was really cool. And then Tom had been playing in New York. So ever since we started, it was always part of the plan. Like, every few months, let's go to New York and let's hit up some of these people that Tom knows and see if they can give us shows. And so that's been super beneficial. Yeah. Got to play uh, played Caroline's in um, when was that? I don't know. Two months ago. Last month. Got to play Caroline's, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. It's just like an awesome New York room. That's a small stage for a band. Yeah, we have a pretty compact setup. We're lucky because Eric has this little thing called a a Roland SPDX that he makes sound like a full kit, but it's you know it's like one by one feet. It's a square. It's a square. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A beautiful square. (laughs) It's a beautiful rubber square. (laughs) Do you have any regular residencies or? We were doing the Virgil for a little while, and now this is our first Wolf Den, as we call it, which is our mm-hmm. once-a-month show here in L.A. at El Cid. Okay. So what is the game plan at this point? Is there a game plan? Tom and I were just talking about this last night. Yeah. And we haven't, we actually haven't, we haven't unleashed it on you oh, yet. Oh, great. That's great. But, pod. I was surprised. Yeah. Right. Breaking news. Right. Yeah. We're going to paint our faces a lot like Kiss does, uh, and we're going to start all the shows like that. Yeah, okay. from now on. But yeah. just you two. Uh, just us, not you. Okay. Just us, and then you're also you're out yeah. of the band. Also, you're out of the, <laughs> out of the band. Uh, hmm. Can you turn off the... Turn <laughs> the <laughs> can, can you cut this? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, we were uh, talking about it. Yeah, the goal, I think, going into Q1 of 2023, uh, <laughs> um, is to continue our monthly residency, gain more fans online through doing... We've been doing a lot of like musical parodies and stuff. But now that we've amassed sort of a following, start to release original music that you people can stream and make music videos. So we have six tracks right now mm-hmm. in the in the holster. What is he? What is it called? In the okay. gun? In the chamber. In the cha- We got six tunes in the chamber mm-hmm. that were produced by both John Spiker, who plays bass in Tenacious D, and Ryan Lewis, who is Doja Cat's engineer, and we're just we're gearing up. We're huddling up November and December, ready to unleash tunes every month, month and a half. Okay, so Q4 of 2022. Yep. <laughs> what we're calling the hibernation Q. What? <laughs> phase one into phase two transition. That's for the bears of... The bears of Burbank. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Burbank. Yeah. I'm a bear. You're a bear of Burbank. Yeah. I'm a big, tough boy. I'm a big, tough bear. <laughs> But seriously, when we talk about any sort of music, invariably the talk turns to TikTok mm-hmm. and Spotify, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because that's where everything happens, maybe not financially, but that's where sure. the juice is. So wh- what what has been your strategy up until now in terms of putting out music and getting... So getting any sort of momentum with with fans. The momentum has been mostly on Instagram through these kind of short form videos. Uh, But we put live clips up as well. We're starting to do that on YouTube as well. And Spotify, like you said, we're going to start. The plan is right now to do January 20th for our first single. And then every month release another track on all streaming platforms. And we have a couple plans when we're done with this little tour that we're doing. We get back in November and we're going to try and do a couple different things to hopefully gain some traction on on tiktok as well because we definitely get told that once a freaking day yeah and i think maybe the reason that reels is we're finding much more success with the short form parodies on reels and i think that's because our demographic floats 
like young 30s, late 20s. It's not necessarily Gen Z, which is obviously like the bulk of what TikTok's audience is. Uh, and we're getting f- some success on TikTok, but the focus, I think, is after we get the songs on Spotify, continue to push to yeah. you know, the people gonna, that seem to be buying I'm going to start making uh, cleaning videos. That's what I really like yeah. on TikTok, where it's like it shows you kind of a messy room. Yeah, so and then cleaning, yeah. I'm going to do mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we're going to blow the fuck up, Sean. Yeah, then guess buckle up, Sean. Look out, dude. Watch me slurp a bunch of hot tofu really loud. Five million plays. Well, I mean, you know, the bands that, that all three of you mentioned, uh, like Tenacious D or Flight of the Concords, both of those bands kind of emerged also through TV. Tenacious D through Mr. Show, Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. I mean, HBO. Yes. But both yep. of them came through yep. HBO. Yep. What kind of... Acting, I mean musical theater. Yeah, yeah. No, we all act as well, <laughs> and we. I, I know you have a, tr- a, a troubled past with musical yeah, yeah, yeah. theater. I love Tom, TV and film but... acting for sure, and he's good at it. But musical theater makes me want to uh, peel my skin off. Right. <laughs> but is there gross? Is Tom's there also gross. is there also something in in your reels or or YouTube videos that also like plays to any sort of sketch that's another thing that we're going to start doing next year is releasing small sketches yeah that's part of the plan that's part of q2 yeah. of 2023 okay. <laughs> <laughs> only speaks in q's i'm q by the way yeah. of QAnon. Uh-huh. yeah these guys you famous in a booth with him right now <laughs> pretty cool yeah but i mean you know you've come a long way uh Geographically, since South Florida Battle of the Bands, yes. Um, do Do you feel like it's tricky to keep up with how the music business and how the comedy music business has changed, even even just since you first started thinking about doing comedy music? Uh, to be honest with you, that's where Tom is a godsend for our band. Uh, I think Ethan and I have a very trepidatious nature towards social media we're not like aggressive with it we never were it's just in our nature and i think tom is the perfect amount of aggressive with it and also healthy and you know not doing anything cringy you know there's a fine line and i feel like he rides it perfectly and it's only benefited our band ten thousand fold i agree thanks dude you're welcome thanks eric (laughs) Ethan, Eric, Tom, thanks for uh, chatting with me before your Wolfton show. And uh, I will let you play and then hibernate and uh, look forward <laughs> to Q1. <laughs> look forward to Q1. <laughs> see you in Q1. All right, see you in Q1. Class Rings. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was post-produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music was by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. If you enjoyed listening, please check out my substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com for transcripts, bonus commentary, and expert analysis about comedy, show business, and more. I'm your host, Sean L. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.